0: Today on the show, we search for lost loved ones, reunite with old friends, and start down a path to discover who we are.
1: This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics in Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.
0: Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and themes behind some of our favorite universes. I'm Jaden. And I'm Kevin. And this is a very special episode because it starts our coverage of the Disney Plus series Andor.
1: Yeah, I am very, very, very excited for this one. Uh, this is the first episode, and there's going to be some aesthetic themes as well as. The beginning of understanding who Cassian is before leaving his homeworld, and how he's thrown into his role in the resistance like this whole like episode like it's 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 it kind of like falls into it. So this is going to be the first episode and it's
0: it's it's already a wild ride. It's it's kind of great. If you guys haven't already, please listen to our first episode on this series is kind of like it was kind of like a prequel episode zero kind of thing. I thought it was pretty good. And I think it's going to test uh, the knowledge that we had on him, because I think the show already has started exploring some other things that might not line up with the known canon that we had known beforehand, but, or maybe not. We'll, we'll see. We'll get into that discussion a little later.
1: Yeah. So the way this episode is, and moving forward and everything, the way these are going to go is we are going to do a brief synopsis coverage of the episode. With some sprinkled in fun lore and analysis and
0: stuff. We're, we're going to try to keep it brief, but if you, if you listen to our Obi-Wan coverage, you know that those can go on a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: And then we're going to go into more detail a little bit after that on
0: kind of how we feel about the episode as well as what we hope to see in the future. Absolutely. Uh, and before we get into it, let's do a little housekeeping, which is how you guys can get involved. Uh, we love to hear from our listeners, so please email us at podcast at with your thoughts and questions, and you might just see them appear on future episodes. You can find Kevin at IN underscore THE underscore L-U-P-E on Twitter, and you can find him on Twitch at K underscore L-O-O-P-Z.
1: And you can find Jaden over here on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. J a d j a y. And of course, you can connect with the Lore Party team on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Lore underscore Party.
0: Absolutely. Now, before we dive in, if you haven't listened to our episode Zero Discussion of Andor on Disney Plus yet, it's time to pause and go listen to that. And if you haven't watched the whole episode itself, go ahead and watch that and then come back because we don't want to spoil it for you.
1: Okay, so now that we've officially warned you all. all right. Yep, we're done. (laughs) Let's get into
0: it. Let's get on to the news. I don't know what that is. That's that's something.
1: (laughs) All right, so (laughs) we're going to start this episode with... Cassian already hanging out, walking on a pier from a starport to a city and on the planet Morlana one. Now Morlana one is a corporate owned planet. So you have all these planets that are owned by corporations and they kind of uh, have workers and like, you know they could own a system and like one planet could be the headquarters. The other planet could be, you know, the mining operation. The other the planet area organization. Yeah. So, so this is the corporate headquarters kind of owned planet. And he goes to the city and he arrives in typical star Wars fashion at a bar.
0: like he oh everybody everybody's always always going
1: to a bar there's a lot of
0: bars in star wars i notice, which is why it's always funny when people tell me it's a kid's show i'm like oh well i don't know you're you're encouraging drinking and then also sex apparently in this episode yes
1: this is a special special bar this is a brothel oh okay there you go uh and this bar is kind of usually busier they they comment on how you know uh it's usually busier but tonight it's not so Cassian gets to be in there and it's a little bit easier for Cassian to get attention from the hostess
0: which backfires on him a little bit later it does
1: backfire uh he's spoken to two security guards um they they're hanging out at the bar themselves they're kind of trying to chum him up and crack some jokes but also like kind of tease him a little bit and he does he's like huh, yeah cool cool whatever guys he's- and
0: he doesn't he's seem to take their he he doesn't take their attitude because they're used to like the guys who live on this planet you know bowing down whenever a security guard walks in but he's just kind of like what what do you want from me like shut up I'm, I'm busy yeah. La- leave me alone and yeah. They're like well you're disrespecting us
1: pretty much and and the hostess comes in and these security guards are like what the hell like we've been here longer what the hell we've been sitting here just got here and she's like you know you'll get your turn kind of thing and
0: it's it's kind of uh, it kind of causes some problems. Yep. They get a little tiffed. So when he's talking to the girl, he's saying like, you know, hey, do you know of anybody special that I could talk to? And she's like, ah, uh, well, what are you looking for? And he goes, I'm looking for a Canary girl. And she goes to check and she comes back and says that there was a girl who was from Canary, but she left a couple of months ago. And she's like, why do you, is it this? what are you, a husband, a boyfriend? And he's like, no, that's my sister. And she's like, you got to go, dude. I ain't here for that. <laughs>
1: She does seem concerned, though. She definitely looks at him and is like, oh. Like, her demeanor completely changes when he's his sister. And she's like, okay, she left. Like, she's not here.
0: Yeah, she's like, well, she's just like, you gotta go. Like, you're not getting anything out of here. Like, you yeah. go. Just leave.
1: Yeah, don't waste your time. She's already like, yeah, dude. Uh, so after leaving, he makes his way back through the previous route that he was, you know, he, we saw a little bit earlier. Yep. And he realizes all of a sudden he's being followed. And you could kind of tell he's, like, walking through the hallway or the alleyway or whatever. and he's. Kind of can, you know, you could see it in his face. He starts slowing down a bit. And yeah. 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 And then you hear it. Then you hear the security guards yelling at him. And. One of them, uh, they're, basically, they're 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 going through a list of things like, oh, you you should you know show your corpo ID when asked. You should make sure you're not parked in this area. Yeah, you uh, yeah ooh, we have like, to
0: impound your ship, and we have to uh, do a processing fee, and you're going to be locked up for a couple of days while we sort this whole thing out.
1: Yeah, they're going over a complete list of just shit. They're trying to harass and basically just extort clearly them.
0: very corrupt cops. Yeah, and they they basically try to extort them,
1: and one of them pulls out a weapon and puts it up to his head and Cassian's like, "Well, I have 300 credits like just here. Take them. They're in my pocket." And they're like, "Oh, that's plenty to cover all of this plus our personal
0: fee of, yeah. you know,
1: blah blah blah." And it's just full of shit. These guys are He knows are they're jerks. robbing him. He knows they're yeah. robbing him. Yeah.
0: So Cat but he does play kind of smart. He plays it kind of smart cuz he goes, they're like they're like, "Oh, we'll give us the money." He goes, "I don't want any surprises, please. do you just reach into my pocket and I'll let you grab it?" Yep. And as one of the guards goes to grab it, he does an awesome like spin move and he knocks one guard to the ground and then starts wrestling with the gun. He f- slams the gun to the ground, like knocks the gun out of his hand and then puts the gun to the you know, and then he starts, it's kind of like a, a moment of like catharsis for him. Cause he's like, you know, yelling at him and like being like, Oh yeah, you're the big tough guy. Well, I got the gun. Like, get up. Like, come on, yep. grab your buddy. Yep. Get up. Like I, you know, you know, now I have the power. Cause he, cause it's pretty it, badass. It's really cool, and like you get the feeling that Cassian's been like trod upon by people like these guys for a majority of his life. Yeah. And the guy, the guy's like, you know, the, the one guy's like, okay, okay, and he reached over to grab his buddy, and then he realizes that in the fight that guy died. He's he cracked. Yeah, he his like, head. hit his
1: head or whatever, and he died. And he died. And that's um, well, yeah, that's not great. <laughs> um, the situation does not call. For anybody to die now, and he's got to kind of figure out what to do. The guard that's alive, he's pleading for his life and says, you know, oh, we can go to the station together. We'll tell them what what happened. Makes up a story. Oh, we were roughhousing. We were doing this. He's, like, basically pleading for his life. Yep. And Cassian just walks over and just, boom, point blank, boom, right in the head. Which And then he just runs
0: and books it to his ship. What a great way to set the tone for this episode. Like, we always knew Cassian was, you know, from Rogue One, we knew he was, like, willing to commit murder, right? But this murder. Like murder. But this is, like, early in his career. We yeah. even see where it says, like, BBY-5, which, by the way, BBY-5 means before Battle of Yavin, but they worded it so fucking weird because it used to be 5 BBY, which made sense five years before Battle of Yavin. Now it's, like, before Battle of Yavin 5, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, yeah. why would you do it that way, Disney? But that's that's, we'll get to that later. We, so we cut to the planet Ferex, and a vi- and it, it, Cassian's waking up from, like, a, a nap. Clearly he made it away from the planet, and he's sleeping in, like, this old, blown-up ship, and this beat-up droid named uh, B2EMO, which, by the way, it, it, he's a fucking fantastic character. All the new characters they've introduced in the show are fantastic.
1: I thought it was funny, because it kind of reminded me of B2EMO. Yeah. <laughs> Emo. I just was like, which, oh, it's Which B2 is Emo. very
0: fitting to his character, too. Yeah. Yeah, it it the running gag is is that these droids don't take any of Cassian's shit because he's he reminds me of Eeyore a little bit and he just goes oh, into the ship. That's a good way of yeah, that's yeah actually he's pretty good. he's Eeyore he really is and it's kind of cool because like you you find it later like he's kind of glitchy and like kind of old which I love that idea is that he's an old just an old beat up droid.
1: Yeah. So basically, emo uh B emo B two emo uh makes its way to Cassian who's on the outskirts of town in a broken like ship and and he's sleeping, and we cut all of a sudden to the past, and we see children surviving on the planet Canari. Clearly, Cassian as a kid, that's, that's what it, it's giving you off, and you see him hanging out with a little girl, his sister. And we see uh, all these children kind of like, it reminds me of Lord of the Flies, so Lord of the Flies kind of situation where they're... That's,
0: that's what, he wrote that in the, the script, you know, and I laughed. because exactly I did. What I really is. did.
1: It, it really <laughs> reminded me of that. So, yeah, so they see a Republic ship... Crash Now I'm not saying this is a republic ship where it's a republic uh, vessel like um, there's clones and stuff, but it's it's during the time of the Republic, so it is considered a republic ship.: We'll get into uh, that and it, I,
0: I have thoughts, but we'll get into
1: that. I, I know I definitely know you do. the The ship crash lands and explodes and everything, and clearly these children have been here for a while. You can see that they have a lot of gear, they're very dirty, they've have like you know um, like tree houses and stuff built. they've been there for a bit. And yep. then as soon as the ship crashes, we cut.
0: Yep, and it cuts to B2 Emo. That's how I'm just going to call him that now. Uh, he, he's, he's talking to Cassian. He's like, hey, a lot of people were looking for you, but they couldn't find you because he was off-world. Mm-hmm. And Cassian's like, hey, the next time someone asks about me, just lie, okay? I need you to lie about where I was, and I need you to lie about uh, what I was doing. And it, it's so he just goes, that's two things.
1: Yeah, it's like, He's like I lies. need to tell one line. He's like, no, that's two. That's two lies. Yeah. And before Cassian leaves for the bell, because he hears, like, this bell. Um, it sounds like a bell. Uh, he, that comes in later, by the way. He hears this, like, bell, and uh, he helps clean up B2 Emo, because B2 Emo's got, like, some crap in them. And obviously, you know, they got pee on them. And the droid is really sad. It can't, uh, you know, it's not allowed to accompany him, and, and Cassian's like, stay here. And Cassian then makes his way to what seems to be like a work detail, like entrance area. There's yep. all these gloves like on a wall, which I thought was really cool. They're pretty much like BMX gloves. I thought that was really cool. Um, he meets his friend uh, Brasso or Brasso. I think it's Brasso. And basically Brasso is like, where were you last night? I was looking for you. And Cassian just makes up a whole story about how they were going out and they were going to hang out. And he's like, yeah, and uh, we went to the bar, but the bar was not that great. And it was kind of closing and stuff. And it was late. So we went to my house. We went to your house. You had some liquor or whatever. We hung out. I insulted your liquor brand. You punched me in the face. And yep. now we're fine. And like
0: this whole story. Which is which clearly shows that this is not the first time they've had to make up a story like this. So,
1: yep. And he's... it's a pretty good alibi, to be honest. And Brasso just stands there and is like, yep.
0: Yep. He's, like, he's just like yup. He's like, uh-huh, We've uh-huh. like we've clearly done this before, so I'm just gonna yeah. Just... yeah. And he doesn't even ask like where he was. He's just like, well, all right, so this is what we're doing. And oh by the way, don't you owe me money.
1: Yeah. It was it was it was very,
0: very funny. And like so immediately after that we then cut to Morlano One again. But this time uh it's actually at the corporate security headquarters. And we get introduced to like I I love this character already. It is the first scene I've seen him in. His name is Cyril Karn, and he's an officer. And he's presenting his findings about the murder that we witnessed at the beginning of the episode. And he, you know, he, he's reading off. He's reading off, and it's uh, the main. The main thing they have to go on is that a human with dark features was asking about a canary girl. And the chief security officer, he's like impressed. He's like, "Oh wow, you, you know, you did a good investigation." Which is why we're not going to tell anyone. <laughs> he's like, "I'm." He immediately goes into like, "Yeah." He's like, "So who are these guys?" And he looks up and like, honestly. The chief's like, oh, these two are corrupt fucking scumbags. He's like, I know this guy. He's a fucking asshole. Yeah, he's it's- like,
1: yeah, I know this guy. And he's like, and then the, 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 the little guy, what's his name? Um, 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 Karn is like excited. Karn's like, oh, you do know the CIA. This is why I wanted to make sure you knew. And he goes, yeah, he was an asshole. And it's like, oh.
0: Yeah, this, I mean, it's so funny because like the, the chief, like I know that what he's saying is technically wrong by the rules of the law, but the chief is right. He literally calls it word for word. He's like, these two got drunk. Tried to rough up the wrong person, and he got them.
1: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that, he got it on the nailed it on the head.
0: He was like, he's like, these guys were clearly in the wrong. Like, I know these guys are bad, and Card's like, but sir, they're 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 fellow security officers, and he's like, listen, if as as long as we make it look like we're providing law and order, then the empire will not come down upon us. He's like, They'll leave them it, alone. It's it's way better for us and our bottom line if the empire thinks that this was just like an accident. So make up like something I love, I love, he says, make them look like they died doing something heroic, nothing too heroic, but heroic enough that no one will ask questions. I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah. And so then we cut back to Cassian. Now Cassian is going to a shop. It's, it's kind of like a junk shop. There's pretty much junk shops everywhere. This, this planet looks somewhat poverty stricken, but not really because everybody's working. They're
0: all doing something. It's like, it's like a, It's like a manufacturing planet, I want to say, but it... it, it,
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Think about, like, uh, an auto body shop, but, like, the entire planet is auto body shops.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And so Cassian goes over to the shop, and in the shop, this guy named Tim works there. And Tim tells him, oh, you're looking for Bix? Uh, Bix is in the back. Bix is a friend of Cassian's who's... They're working on a ship or whatever, and he interrupts her and says, hey, what's up? I need to get in touch with your contact you know, your special friend. And they need to show up now. And she's like, oh, I can get them in a week, in a month. He's like, no, now. And she's now. like, what do you have? And he's like, I have this NS9 unit. And it's basically something from the Empire that is very rare, like mega, ultra rare. And she begrudgingly kind of agrees to contact them. She's like, all right, fine, whatever. Okay, whatever, whatever. And Tim walks in. And he kind of seems like a tad jealous. Uh he's kind of staring at both of them and then when he Cassian leaves, Cassian at first Cassian kind of like goes over to her and he's like, "Hey, uh is Tim like it looks like work. It's it's a little bit more than work." And she's like, "Oh my god, shut up, stop." And when he leaves, he's he's with Tim and Tim's just like, you know, Staring at him, Tim's weird. Okay, I in the beginning, I instantly got weird vibes from this guy. Yep. This guy is clearly jealous, he's clearly like jealous of their relationship. She even says, She's like, Oh, well, Tim will do anything for me, don't worry. Like, Tim's Tim will be fine, don't worry. So, already you kind of can feel like Cassie doesn't trust Tim very
0: well, and so you shouldn't either. Absolutely, but we don't have time for that. We have to cut back to the Lord of the Flies on Canary. Uh, it's kind of cool. The children are like getting ready to go investigate the the crashed ship, and they have like this like, uh, like little ritual that they start doing, which I was like, that's kind of cool. And the whole time, uh, his sister's like, "Let me come with you. Let me come with you." And he's like, "No, no, you gotta stay here." I it, it's what I see. Like, like Cassian was like, I think he was like uh trying to prove that he could be you know like one of the one of the warriors. You know, like like all all yeah. young boys do. We're like, no, I'm tough. I'm strong. I don't need my sister dragging me down. Yeah. And, and one of the guys is like, nope, you don't get to join. Like, you, you get out of here, you little kid. But then their leader, she's like, no, 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 he can join. And Cassian's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> and, he, so he, and it's funny because he even starts to like, like she, she takes like, they take like mud to like mark their faces and stuff. And like the, the leader, like she does one like down her chin and Cassian does the exact same uh, markings as her. Which I was like I was, just, I was like, oh, that's kinda cool. He like that he has like a little like respect for. You wrote crush, but I'm like, I think more respect than anything else.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now after this scene we go back to Karn. And, you know, the the chief is left. So Karn is basically in charge. Yep. And Karn has clearly decided to investigate further, like the pencil-pushing asshole he is. He notices a ship leaving the planet unauthorized. Uh, it's a little bit different, and he's pretty much very much about following the rules, and he even calls out the technician, because the technician's like, bro, like this shit happens all the time. Like We can't it's get so every single It's so funny, one. dude.
0: No one cares but him. Everyone yeah, else Yeah, he, like... he's
1: such a little bitch. I'm sorry, but this guy is so <laughs> annoying. He's the kid... He's, I, I will talk about this later, how much I despise this guy, but yeah, so he even tells the technician who said that, he's like, you know, work through the night, because somebody else will want your chair, like, basically threatens to fire him, and is like, yep. work through the night, find out about the ship right now.
0: Yep. And we cut back to Cassian, and he's like, walking down the street, you know, he's clearly trying to, uh, f- he's got a lot, of, a million things on his mind, and he gets stopped by two guys, and he owes multiple people like cash. They're like, Hey man, where's my money? He's like, Oh, uh, it's in, I think he says like it's in transition or something like that. Like it's, it's being, it's being used. And, and then another guy walks up to like, try to intimidate him. And he's like, you're working with this guy. Seriously. And he's, I love the big guy's Just like, he just told me to stand here. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I love it. Cause like these, it clearly, he knows everyone in town. So like he knows what their movements are. And I, I, I love that. idea. Pretty that much, He's so yeah. connected with this planet. I, and, that's
1: what I like. I like that everybody knows him, and he's like super charismatic. And even when they're hassling him, he can get out of it. And they're like, "Oh, Cassian like they're they're all like, "All right."
0: Yep. They, like I, because I think it speaks to like they know he's a good guy. Like I, he, you know, you owe us money, but like you're not a dick about it. Yeah. It, it's it's like you can you can get away with whatever you want as long as you're not a dick about it. Which, uh, you know, Han Solo to a T. <laughs> Very Han Solo esque uh, negotiation skills.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely.
0: And while this is going on, we see uh, Bix. Uh, she's like hey Tim g- uh, cover for me I gotta go do something real quick and Tim's like what? she's like I'm doing errands I'm gonna leave you and like he starts to follow her but then he ends up losing her because she keeps ducking around like corners and stuff which is kind of creepy uh, and she ends up at her dad's shop and she's like hey I need this specific item and he's like oh it's in the back and when she goes into the back we find out that that was a code phrase so she could go climb into a radio tower and start sending mm-hmm. Star Wars Morse code to her contact.
1: Yep. And then, right after that, we cut back to Karn again. And basically, he has, like, this control room area, and there's a group of people, and he's talking to the crew of these people, and they're like, something about Ferrix, And that's obviously the planet that Cassian is on. And Karn is having some fun administering his authority. He's kind yep. of being a dick to these people. And calling them out when like he thinks that they're lazy, and he's just like very stern about everything. And these people are like, dude, like we don't see anything from somebody from you know this planet. Like we we just don't see anything here. And he's just like, like, do you even know about
0: Canari? It's fucking it's a backwater, dude. No one knows. No one goes there. They're fucking weird over there.
1: Yeah, and basically he just gives them all this shit, and he yells at all these guys, and then he yells out loud. He's like, "It was the murder of two employees," and they're just like, "Whoa!" Everything just gets quiet, and they're not like, "Whoa!" Like, "Oh my god, somebody died." They're just like, "Dude,
0: chill out." Yeah, they're it's it's so funny. They're like, "We don't." I think I I'll talk about why I think this in a minute, but it's just such a cool moment where he's where he's like like there's the dehumanization of it where they're like, "Oh yeah, I guess he's right. Two people did die."
1: Yeah, and he even then has them put a blast out, like on all channels on the entire planet, about a Canari male.
0: And the episode ends with uh, Cassian, he's like messing with the ship that he used in the beginning of the episode. He's like changing out chip logs. And every person that he's talking to so far in this episode is like, eh, whatever, Cassian's doing his weird shady shit, it's fine. But, yeah. you know, he's... He's just like, it, this, this character is like, he's like, Hey, can I borrow the ship one more time? And that guy's like, absolutely not. Like finally we hit a roadblock where someone's a done with his shit. He's like, Nope, Nope. You got to find your own way out of here. Like, man, I can't keep covering for you. We're, we're, we're done. Yeah. And that's it. And that's, and that's pretty much the episode. The episode ends with him, uh, as a kid kind of saying goodbye to his sister as he goes and joins the hunt. And that's the, the end of the first episode.
1: All right, so now that we have finished going over this episode, we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back with all of our thoughts. All right, so now we're back. I will say I have a lot of um, feelings about this episode. I don't know about you. Oh, I do. Okay, so I'm just going to jump right into it. I'm not even going to take the time. I'm just gonna jump right in. Overall, I think it was a really strong beginning to a strong series. Yes. The beginning scene, I th- I personally felt, was like the strongest part of the entire episode, as well as the scene uh, with, the, what's his name, Karn, who is, you know, a pencil-pushing jerk. Uh, leave it to the guy trying to enforce shitty rules who can't see the big picture to muck it up for everyone. <laughs> the show is, uh, I'd say, easy to follow. The plot is, it, plot-wise, it's it's easy to follow. And I really liked the themes in it. Like, I felt very, like, cyberpunk vibes with everything, which I really thought was really fun, especially since I just watched Ed Runners. Uh, I had a blast uh, watching this And I also really like the um, kind of Lord of the Flies aspect where it's like it wasn't so technologically advanced for these kids. And I liked seeing that in this world. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, overall, I think the setting and all that, I enjoyed it. And I thought it was a different side of Star Wars than we normally see. Like normally we see more of the government esque stuff rather than and like the underground crime where this is like a corporation situation with like the the just overall like how this planet was a corporate owned planet and everybody was not necessarily in poverty like almost all these other planets are and of course you know we're not on tatooine <laughs> which i'm fine with um but yeah overall i think that that really helped me out what i wasn't crazy about i'm going to nitpick was i wasn't crazy about the sound mixing because a lot of the stuff was hard to hear like everybody felt like they were whispering but honestly, I kinda just think that's t v now like every I just put subtitles on because like I'm always gonna miss something, and no, it's mm-hmm. not my old age don't don't call me out on that. um, but I definitely think like after this episode, I felt like I wanted more, and I think also the pacing was mostly why I wanted more. I think the pacing was really good
0: I can't disagree with you any of those points. I think that this show has done a lot of good for Star Wars already. um, I think the thing that I've always said they should do with star Wars is shrink it down. I think that star Wars is such an interesting world and concept that it could benefit from not having every show be about a galaxy spanning threat. I think this show its its strength is that it's a smaller scale series with characters who are not struggling against the empire. You know, this, these Mm, characters, yeah, aren't even concerned about the Empire. The Empire is a whole other level. You know, the, the big enemy for the show is this corporation and the security. You know, they're just, they're just a cog in the Imperial machine. You know, in defense of Karn and his character aspect of him, he's, think about, you can think about him, he's the guy that isn't even good enough to serve in the Empire. You know, maybe that's yeah. what we're going to find out later is that he tried to be, join Imperial service and they rejected him. So now he's trying to be like the best member of the corporate security that he can be because he feels like he belongs at a higher level of authority. Cause clearly he gives a crap about his job when nobody else does. And I feel like maybe there's, maybe there's a chip on his shoulder there for not being in Imperial military service, maybe which that might Mm. be something we get revealed later on because he's, he's the only one who seems to care and everybody else seems very unmotivated to do anything. You know, they're just checking boxes whereas he's like, no, we have to get things done. Which is, which is going to be a very interesting dynamic because we might be seeing, it might even be a dual role where like Karn work, tries to work his way into Imperial service, whereas Andor slowly works his way into Rebel service. So they might be the foil Ooh. for each other going forward in future. Because I think they said they have like five seasons planned for this show. It was something crazy yeah like I that. saw
1: there was like 20-something episodes listed on uh, IMDb, so I got like excited because I was like, oh wait, that's like two seasons right yeah. there.
0: And the cool thing, too, is that these episodes, they're not, like, an hour long. Like, some of the Kenobi episodes are really long. These ones, they feel tight. They feel, like, perfectly paced. There's not a lot of fluff in them. Like, they were just getting the story and going, and I love that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, with this, I normally, like, I've written quotes in the synopsis, but I decided to write the quotes outside of it this time because I kind of wanted to just, like, I kind of there, I, I, there are so many quotes like there are just a, a lot of quotes in all these shows. This one I wanted to like nitpick a little bit more. So there are two quotes in this episode that stuck with me actually kind of felt more like the theme for the episode. So the first quote is it's from the hostess when Cassian is is first at that brothel. Mm-hmm. She says nobody here gives their real name. Now Cassian has been sneaky this entire time hiding in the shadows, covering his tracks, the best he can do, you know, for his situation. And he has a large authoritarian figure trying to find him right now. And I felt like this quote was, uh, it was foreshadowing for just him and his life, but also just in general, like he's hiding the entire episode, trying to, you know, change what he did or at least hide what he did. Mm -hmm. And I think that that like nobody here gives their real name like that, that, that felt like a really nice theme for the episode.
0: It's, I guess it's, it's one of those things too where you know we got to remember this is not Cassie and the master spy that we meet in Rogue One. This is Cassie and the guy. Yep. So he like he's he's clearly got the skills. Like we see him developing and using the skills, but he's still new at this. Like uh, if he if he if it wasn't his sister, he would have just said like I'm just a guy looking for someone, you know. But he's he's so desperate to find his sister, he just outs himself immediately. Like no, that's my sister. Like, if he had just said, like, oh, I'm looking for a canary girl, that would have been it. That would have been just, you know, that would have been enough for him to go, oh, nope, she's gone. Okay, cool. But he's desperate. He really wants to find her. Yep. It leads to the situation that we have, that we find him in later in the episode.
1: Yeah. Now, the other quote that I really liked, I think, not only encompasses this episode, but also just this whole series, and maybe his just whole life, to be honest. Uh, The quote is from The Chief. And he says it's about the situation that these two guards got into. But it is uh, actually, you know, I think it just encompasses the whole theme. It says, this case appears to bear all the hallmarks of what I like to describe as horrible misadventure. And I just thought that this quote felt basically... It felt like the entire beginning for the adventure that's ready to happen. While we know what happens to Cassian in the end, obviously, Rogue One, uh, this bears foreshadowing to the adventure to come, or if you want to think about it, his misadventure to come.
0: I think that's an excellent quote. Now, I I do think we have some questions that we have to ask about the episode as well. Yeah. And I think you have have the first one here, so I'll let you go ahead and tell this one.
1: Yeah, I... So I think the episode posed a lot of really great questions about Cassian growing up, Mm -hmm. um, how he ended up where he is now, and I will say we've watched the other episodes, uh, but uh, a lot of these questions still, they're still there. I mean, I'd like to know more about what it is that this corporation does. Just for my own sake of knowledge, that's kind of more just me. I want to know more about this planet. I want to know what the hell is going on. Like, we got brief little hints, but I want to know more. Usually we see, like, a more... Like I said, severe poverty-stricken
0: planet. These guys all seem working class. It's kind of cool. They it's a different kind of setup for them. They don't. They're not like str- they, don't, they don't seem to be struggling. They all seem to because like if they're struggling, they'd be desperate. But these guys are just like, oh no, it's time for my shift. They they all seem in good spirits. Uh-huh. They don't seem miserable, you know. Uh-huh. Like the, like the guys on Tatooine during oh, the Obi Wan series, they look miserable. Yeah, definitely. but these guys are like, nope, going to work. All right, grab my hey, because like like you hear them when they're talking. You know, like, grabbing their mm-hmm. gloves, like, hey, man, can you grab my glove? Oh, yeah, sure, no problem. Like, if you guys are miserable, you're not doing that. You're looking out for yourself, and that's it. Yeah, and, and
1: like... Everybody just seems to kind of have their shit together more here. Mm-hmm. And also, also, we we do see a lot of ship parts, like everywhere, literally yeah. everywhere. So I'd like to know if they have, like, a similar job as um, Cal Kestis did in the game. That's the vibe I was
0: getting, yeah.
1: That's what I was thinking, because we see, like, Republic ships more, maybe more, like, tie-ins to republic times like a lot of the parts they're, and stuff we see some republic
0: stuff yeah they they seem to be in the same color scale as republic like you see like the dark yeah. red the dark or, or that'd be maroon you would you say
1: yeah like an orange maroon as well yeah but like what what got me too is this takes place still fairly early in the empire's time yes Cause cassian was a kid during the Republic. So when that ship landed or not landed, crash landed it was during you know, the the Republic. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't been I don't think, the guy doesn't look that old. Like He doesn't look like he's over 33, 35, you know. So at least he doesn't look like that. Maybe mm-hmm. he is, I don't know. But he's not that old. So it can't be that long of, you know an Empire situation.
0: No. I think for me I'm, my biggest question comes from where uh we're gonna where the where the old canon is going to fit into the story that we have now because i i'll tell you right now like this i don't know if this lines up with the stuff that we've previously been told about Andor. because like mm-hmm. i we talked okay. about it in like episode zero we talked about like how he he grew up like throwing bottles at republic tanks and things like that i don't know if that's still going to be the same uh storyline so we'll have to see yeah yeah, in future episodes. But that's, that's really my only question, only question that I have at this time. Makes sense. Makes sense.
1: Yeah, overall, I mean, for final thoughts, I, overall, I think this episode did a really great job of the theme of hiding and sneaking around, kind of what he's going to end up doing, as well as portraying an all-watching authority figure that isn't the Empire. And that, for me, I liked because the Empire is they're great right they're, they're well the Empire's shit but the empire like they're a great villain but yep. i just i mean okay i've be, i've been around this for years now i like that it's not the empire it's just some corpo assholes that are just you know asserting this weird mm-hmm. authority that they have they're not even like they're not, like, real police. They're not. Re- it's a security team. Like, they're just a security force. Obviously, they're very advanced, and they're watching over planets and all this other shit. But, like, it's nice that it's a completely different entity figure.
0: Well, and, too, to that point as well, uh, the corporation that we're seeing in the show clearly has a lot more oversight from the Empire than any corporation did under the Republic or the Separatists. You know, uh-huh. when Palpatine took over, you see it in the Clone Wars. He made sure that by the end of the Clone Wars, he was in charge of everything. Like the government was controlling all aspects of private industry. They had the banks under their control. You know, they had all the, any corporations that were fighting in the separatist alliance were then subjugated by the empire. So like these guys are like, Hey, we answer to the empire. Like if we do, if we let them know that their crime is slipping, they're going to come down hard on us as well as the criminals. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, and I think Karn didn't really get that. It was like, Hey, listen, this could be bad for all of us. You know, Karn's like, well, I, you know, I want to prove that I'm good enough. And I'm thinking that's because he was rejected by the empire. I think I really do. That think that
1: That is definitely kind of the vibe I got too. I, I think that's, I think you're right on that one. Cause he's like, we'll he's see like, on that.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I, but I'm, I'm thinking that cause like he's, I don't think he understands that they're, that I, the show is, a, is doing a great job of, of, of showing that they are all just cogs in a machine. And, like, mm-hmm. they're just small, replaceable parts. Like, these guys don't even care. The, the, the inspector doesn't care that two people died. He's like, whatever. You know, the the, yeah. the guys go, hey, two people died. And it's like, ah, it doesn't really matter. There's so many of us. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah, that's, it matters. that's the
1: mentality. Yeah.
0: Which I love that. And
1: also, I mean, he even comments, the chief even comments on his uniform. He's like, did you alter your uniform? He's like, Oh, I had it tailored and I did, you know, I added some pockets and all this. And, like. He wears it like an Empire wannabe. Yes. And while everybody else's is, is just a little loose and kind of, you know, they're chilling. They're wearing a uniform. They're working. They're doing their thing. But he's like, he walks he's proper. He's wearing a military clearly, style. Yeah, he clearly takes it a lot more seriously.
0: Which I, I love that.
1: Ugh. Good villain. I'll Good, take
0: it. Great, great, great setup.
1: And with that... We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify as well, or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.